Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Love in Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith, and we are on episode 114, The Lord Looks at the Heart. No matter how far away from our podcast name change, I don't know that I will ever not have to make the mental shift to not call this podcast A Country Girl in a City World Loving Jesus because I said it for, what, 99 different podcast episodes, and it just comes as an automatic as soon as I click the record button. You know, we get patterns formed in our life. It's part of just being human. We make those patterns. We get impressions of people or of certain smells, of certain sounds. And we are such amazingly created by God that when we see one thing, it triggers something else in our mind. We sometimes don't even know exactly why. We may have preconceived prejudices that when we see someone who looks a certain way, we immediately jump to conclusions about their character, either from a positive or a negative. What would the world be like if we weren't able to physically see? As I was preparing for this particular podcast, I started thinking a little bit about the TV show, The Voice. Now, I'm not big into any... I love music. absolutely love music. But I've never been into the American Idols, the, you know, The Voice, America's Got Talent. I'll see clips of it, and I'm just amazed at the talent that I do see. But to sit down and watch it, I just really haven't done that very much. But one of the things about the TV show, The Voice, that has fascinated me from the introduction was just the whole idea of having someone stand on stage and have the four judges facing away from the person. And if they believed that their voice was worthy of turning around, that was where we went to the next level and they had the conversations and which coach they were going to choose. But it was the part about not being able to see the person. I love the concept. I just wonder how different our decisions would be on a daily basis if we operated from a chair like the voice. For instance, hiring decisions. How would we possibly see people differently if we didn't have our eyes to make a first impression? What if we just heard their voice, heard their story, and heard their hearts? 
Would it make a difference in our hiring practices? Might we have employees that were more fitting with the mission of whatever business that we are involved in? I just have been thinking a lot about that. I have been doing some interviews for work and I intentionally want to do video interviews as opposed to just phone interviews. So I'm recording this still during COVID time, even though we are much further along in the States um, than we were months ago. So we're not doing in-person interviews as much, but I want to see them. And it's not so that I can be caught by my prejudices. It's definitely not that. Uh, but I want to see them because I want to see their facial expressions. I want to see their body language. I want to look at them. As I sit here, I think I may begin before I see them to pray for God's wisdom to be able to see as God sees. That I will not be so focused on their outward appearance that I do not see their heart. In other words, I do not see who they truly are. How would your life be different? if you made decisions by looking at the heart of another and not just the outward appearance. You know, one of the ways that that would definitely change our lives would be when it comes to choosing a mate. How many people have gotten involved in relationships, even possibly married someone, because they looked good in jeans or they had those striking eyes? But when they truly saw them and saw their heart, they were dumbfounded at how they could have possibly been so wrong. Our lesson this week is from 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 7. I chose only to do a, a portion of 1 Samuel 16. We'll keep working through this passage for the next at least couple of weeks. We've been talking about King Saul and how that he was the first king of Israel and he wasn't God's king, but he was the king that the Israelites had demanded. But he just kept messing up. He wasn't obedient to God. He wanted to do what <laughs> he wanted to do what he wanted to do is what it came down to. You may remember that Saul was someone that if they had had marketing campaigns back in the day, 
Saul might have gotten the vote of the people just because of his stature, just how he looked. He looked like a king. He was tall. He was handsome. He was perfect for a billboard. And yet he was anything but perfect in the role of the political leader of Israel. God's fed up with it, and he's told Samuel, the prophet, that he's done with Saul. And now we see Samuel helping lead Israel into the next phase, that next season of time. So 1 Samuel 16, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You've mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. So we're going to stop there for just a moment and just talk about the heart of Samuel. We've talked about the heart of Samuel many times. Samuel, I do not know what Samuel looked like on the outside. But we know that God sees the heart. And as you read through 1 Samuel, and you read the parts that talk about Samuel as a leader of God's people, a prophet from God, a mouthpiece to the people, a judge of the people. Do you not just fall in love with his heart? I mean, here he is mourning for King Saul. King Saul, so just a reminder that the Israelites called for a king. And at the time, Samuel felt rejected because he had been serving as the human leader of the Israelites. And God told him, Samuel, it's not about you. They're rejecting me. And so Samuel steps up like the godly man that he is. He goes and does what he needs to anoint Saul. He takes Saul under his wing. He continues to do what God wants him to do, to mentor him, to advise him. But Saul just kept making poor choices. And now here Samuel is standing in the gap again, knowing that the people do not want him to be their king. He is up in age. We've already heard his farewell address. He's at this crossroads and he is hurting in the same way that God's heart would have been. At Saul's disobedience. At Saul's choices that harmed the Israelite nation. That his lack of relationship with God. Samuel's heart hurt. But God tells him, You have mourned long enough. Verse 2 says, But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. In other words, Saul was in control. Saul may have been 
a mess, which we're going to see just how much of a mess as we go further along. But Samuel knows that Saul may very well have people watching him and they may report back because Saul knows because through Samuel, God has told Saul that I've already chosen the next leader. So Saul knows that one's coming. And Saul may very well have put somebody on the lookout to see where Samuel went. It says, Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. This passage, this, this whole passage, causes me to ponder. You know, so many times... Even Christians forget that God is into the details. And they think that somehow, some way, they're supposed to go about their life and they're supposed to make decisions on a daily basis without consulting the Lord. As long as it's not what we consider a big decision, then they're to just go about and do, and then they call on God for the big answers. God is into the details. God has already chosen the next king of Israel. And he just flat tells Samuel that. He lets him know ahead of time, this is not a decision on you. Don't even spend one moment worrying about who is going to be the next king. I've already got this person chosen. How would our life be different if we started our day and walked along the way, listening for God's voice, letting Him guide us, letting Him whisper into our ear or boom into our ear for that matter, His choices? the right path, the one that is going to work best for him and his glory and eventually for our good. He told Samuel that he was going to tell him which of the sons to anoint. That's important. That's important for this week. That's very important for next week's lesson as well. Verse 4, so Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. So Eliab was the oldest of Jesse's sons. What has God told Samuel already? I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. Back to verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. 
Samuel didn't sit in the voice chair, did he? Samuel immediately, because of the stature, because of the look of Eliab, he's already figured this must be who God has chosen. Verse 7, which is our key verse for this week and where we are going to land. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Just let that sink in. How would life be different if we saw others through the eyes of God? I mean, I just think about some of the knee-jerk reactions that I have. You know, we none of us want to think that we have prejudices. But I can't fathom that that's the case. We see someone who reminds us of somebody else. And if we had a good interaction with the first person, we have a tendency to have an immediate comfort with the, the next person. That reminds me, just last week, just last week, I ran across someone. So we're still in the mask world right now. But I ran across someone that from the part that I could see outside of the mask, they looked so much like someone I know. And even though I didn't know this person before, I was drawn to them. And it took me a little while to figure out the why. I mean, they were nice. That wasn't... That wasn't the issue. They, they weren't seemed to be a nice person. But then I realized they look so much like so-and-so. And as a result, because I care about the first person, I had already kind of given a thumbs up to this person. And the opposite can happen where we have someone that someone or a group of people who we have had issues with. And as we see them, we see, we see someone who looks like them, see someone who resembles them, and it causes us to think, even, even not consciously, 
but to believe that this person is going to act in a similar way. You know, here Samuel was, again, acting on God's behalf in such a crucial spot in the history of Israel. But if this decision had been left to Samuel, he'd have gotten it wrong. Because what was he immediately doing? He was going to base a decision based upon what his eyes saw. And not what God was going to reveal. I want you to think of a couple of different ways that this may apply in your life. I want you to think first about how would your life be different if others truly saw you. I don't know who's on the other end of this podcast. I have no idea if you are short or tall, chubby, skinny as a guardrail. I don't know if you've got dark skin, light skin, pink eyes, blue eyes, pink hair. I, I, I don't have a clue. And it's, it's kind of a good thing. Because I'm talking to you. Not to who I might think you are because of how I see you. I'm talking to you. How would your life be different? If the people around you were not so focused on the externals and they truly saw you, how would your life have been different today? just thought of something just very, very random. When I came to seminary for a campus visit, I was anxious, but I was also excited. I was excited about this new chapter. And the first person that I met, they took one look at me. And because of a certain characteristic that I had that didn't match with who they had hoped to meet, I was immediately discounted. 
And that was now 21 years ago, almost. And that still just sits there. It's not something I think about all the time. I'm not offended by it in any way, shape, or form, but I just remember the sting of that moment. They had no want to get to know me because they had already had a preconceived notion that I was not the type of person they had hoped to meet on this trip. Couldn't, I couldn't change anything about this. But it was a barrier. It caused a barrier. You know, how our lives would be different if people sat in the voice chair. And they saw us. But the thing is, you and I can't change that. We can't change the perceptions of others. The one thing that we can do to change their perception is to just pray that God will open their eyes. So I'm going to ask you right now before we go into our, our second application, who is it that you truly want them to see you. Now pray that God will open his or her eyes to do just as God does. To not judge by the outward appearance but to look at your heart. But for the second part, this we can control. How well do you see others? Truly see them. Do you see their hearts? Or do you get blocked by their outward appearance? I mean, I catch myself at times. I do. I mean, I, I know I'm not aware of all of my preconceived notions. But I do know that when someone has a nice appearance 
that gives them a step up with me automatically. And I know that about myself. But also, certain characteristics, certain clothing choices, I'm just thinking of a whole list of things that can have the exact opposite effect. We're human. And I'm thankful for my physical eyesight. But I'm just sitting here thinking how it can definitely be a hindrance. And here is Samuel. Samuel is close to God. Samuel hears the heart of God. We've seen this over and over again. And yet Samuel has an immediate re reaction, I would say response, but reaction when he sees a lie because that must be the one. He hasn't seen anybody else. He just looks at this young man and because of his stature, because of his look, he just assumes that that must be God's anointed because he looks the part. I intentionally didn't make our weekly assignment graphic before the podcast, which is the first time since I've been doing this feature, because I wanted to really see where God burrowed down in my own heart. Sometimes I begin these podcasts and I know exactly where God is driving. Sometimes I don't. And this is one of those times. But my weekly assignment feature this week is challenging you to ask the Lord to show you I'm trying to figure out the exact wording to show you where your eyes have been deceiving you. It may be with a love interest that your physical eyes have said, this person is, yeah, this is, this is it. But you are missing their heart. Or it may be someone that physically they haven't captured your attention. And yet that person has a heart for God and maybe even for you. 
that you have been blind to because you've only been looking with human eyes. I was thinking about blindness. And there are many different types of blindness. Physical is what we usually think about. But sometimes we have physical sight. But it causes us to be emotionally blind. Because we do not see people as God sees them, we miss some of the best relationships that God has intended for us. Let me pray for us. Dear Father, I am so very thankful that you do not judge by our appearance, our height or lack thereof. Dear God, you do not see things the way we see them or people the way we see them. You do not judge by outward appearance, but you look at our hearts. Dear Father, for each of the listeners on this podcast, I pray that if there is someone in their life that is missing them because they are so focused on the external, I pray, dear God, that you would open up their eyes to truly see them. Dear Father, as I'm praying, thank you so very much for opening my mind to another way that this can be applied. Because, dear God, sometimes it's us. It's us who are so blinded by our own physical appearance that we don't see who we are in you. And we discount who you made us to be. And the goals that you have for us, the purpose that you have for us, We can be so blinded by our outward appearance, what the mirror seems to show, that we miss our own heart, how you have formed us, and how you want to continue to do so. And dear Father, I pray that you would Open up our eyes that it would not take physical blindness to cause us to truly see the people around us, the people in the grocery store, the people at the bank, the people at work, the people at school, people at church, the people in our own house. Dear God, give us eyes to see as you see.
and give us courage to act as you would have us act. When you show us the heart of another, give us your wisdom. And just thank you so very much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so very much for joining us this week. Reminder, would love for you to participate in our Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. Next week, tune in for another episode. And always remember, remember it's a trust and obey kind of day. <laughs>